Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Headlines. On this episode, we bring in the hosts of the MLive Podcast 2042. Bob Johnson and Dana Afana will sit down with John Heiner to talk about the podcast, the subjects, and where we're going as we head towards 2042. So let's jump into it. As I said, our guests today, Dana Afana and Bob Johnson, hosts of the MLive Podcast 2042, and my co-host, as always, Vice President of Content from MLive, John Heiner. John, how are you, my friend? Thank you, Eric. I am well. It's good to be here again on Behind the Headlines with you. And today we're going to go a little bit meta on our podcast, and we're going to have a podcast about a podcast. MLive has a number of great podcasts, which I encourage our listeners to explore on Spotify, Apple, or any of the other streaming services. But one of the new ones this year and one of the more engaging ones that I think given all that has happened in the past year in American society is the year 2042 podcast by MLive. And we're joined today by the hosts and co-founders, Dan Alfana and Bob Johnson. Good morning and welcome to Behind the Headlines. Thank Good morning. You. Good morning. Great to have you here. Um, I am a fan and follower and streamer of your podcasts and what I love about the year 2042, and we'll get into you know, the, the ins and outs of, of it in this conversation, was how far ranging the issues so far through, I believe, five episodes um, are that they show all the places that the, these topics touch on American society, politics, culture. Um, and of course, there's a lot of history of, of race relations in America. So if you would, just for the sake of our, our listeners who may not be initiated in it yet, Tell us what the thought is, the premise is behind the year 2042 and what you're hoping to accomplish with it. So the U.S. Census predicts that by 2042, minorities will outnumber non-Hispanic whites. And that essentially is going to change everything from our daily lives, from politics to education, to housing, to leadership roles. Um, our communities are going to change. Everything will be different. And so we want to dive into how that is going to change Michigan. And so we've, you know, talked about a range of topics from when Trump was president, we talked to a MAGA supporter versus Black Lives Matter supporters to understand sort of the differences between their viewpoints, their rhetoric, to even diving into the Muslim ban with Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. And we brought on Congresswoman Debbie Dingell to talk about what a Biden administration could look like in Michigan. And so all of these issues are essentially what Michigan is going through. These are changes that we're expected to see already within the span of a couple of years, a few years. And so we want to know what is that going to look like by 2042? And typically at the end of every episode, Bob asks our host, how do you envision uh, Michigan by 2042. And, you know, it's, it always stumps people because it is a long time from now. We don't know a hundred percent what to expect, but we do know that there is going to be such a diverse population, a diverse range of opportunities for people. And we continue to learn more and more about what people expect from experts to your everyday person to even our own reporters. Um, and it's been really exciting so far to learn about yes. our future, our potential future that's to come. 
Yes, it has. And uh, <clears throat> and like Dana said, um, we, we dive into these issues and it seems like, you know, in hindsight, we'll, we'll go to 2042 and we'll look back and see that these things were unfolding before our eyes already, you know, <laughs> like whatever the change is going to be once 2042 gets here, we'll see that, oh, these things have been unfolding like before our eyes. And she also, she, she mentioned that usually with our podcast, I asked um, our guests, you know, how do you see um, the year 2042? What, what, what do you see will change? And so usually I'd save that to the end, but today I want to ask you, uh, John Heiner, um, in the beginning of the podcast, um, how do you see the year 2042? What things do you see would, would change or how do you see the year 2042? Well, I'm going to start by saying I think it's interesting um, that a couple of years ago, the New York Times started the 1619 Project in which mm -hmm. they, they trace the arc of American history to, you know, the original sin, if you will, slavery, um, the first slaves being brought before it was even conceived as America. And then, you know, as he was going out the door, uh, Trump and his administration issued the 1776 report, which was, you know, a quasi scholarly look at the, you know, how, um, you know, diversity issues and inclusion were actually, in their view, damaging, you know, American heritage and the American story and canon and all this. And so it's, it's, it's interesting that where do you start on the continuum, you know, that race, that, you know, that America was born with a, a race issue um, that preceded America. And so that 2042, I think, is the most interesting of those three numbers because it's easy to have um, the hegemony of white institutions when whites are in the majority. And the majority allows you to tip the game board continually, even when you start to head towards the minority. And so we're seeing what's interesting in the last election is Texas, um, you know, uh, Arizona, border states where we're getting a lot of influx of immigrants um, are changing the political dynamics of America. And, you know, in the dying days of the white majority, what you're seeing is a lot of gerrymandering, a lot of legislative issues to make it more difficult to vote. And um, just from a political level and not social, you look at how the, the institutions or the machine fights back against the loss of power. And so everything's through this like power dynamic, you know, but the fact is, just like the people at Lake Michigan are trying to put up seawalls to protect themselves from the lake rising, the lake is going to rise. And eventually you're not going to have a seawall high enough to stop it. So I think what I really like about this, the premise of your show is that it's whether it's like saying whether you want to admit it or not, or acknowledge it or not, these changes are coming to American society that you know, we, were, we were built in pluralism as a country, we were, but we were just able to hold it down through the power of institutions. When the plurality of people um, is, is, continues to change, it's gonna change the dynamics in the way we, we live our lives. And I think a lot of what we saw on January 6th with the storming of the Capitol and so forth is, it's, like I said, the machine fighting back. So you know, what I think in 2042 is there's gonna be some kicking and screaming along the way because power does not give up power willingly. 
Um, and so what we saw was violence and uh, social justice turned to violence in the streets this summer. Um, and whether you call it Antifa or, you know, Proud Boys or Oath Keepers or whatever, what you're seeing is two different ideas fighting for power in, in, in the structure. And so uh, unless that there, there were some kind of overthrow of democracy, which since we, since we were close to recently, um, the power of the changing demographics are, I think, eventually going to be like the tide that rises and we're going to see a different country. And so I think I'm really you know, proud that you guys started this and that um, you're bringing on the guests that you are to discuss these issues thoughtfully. So I won't give you a lot of credit for that. And I, in, for instance, the discussion between uh, the Black Lives uh, Matter uh, advocate and the MAGA a guy from Midland, I, what I was really struck by too, and the, they were very thoughtful and passionate, but the civility of the conversation. And so I want to ask you, like, is there some, in thinking up the show and how you wanted to have the show go, that idea of civil or thoughtful dialogue, how important is that to the dynamic? I think that's extremely important. I'm, I mean, I think Bob and I naturally like to be a little disruptive. I mean, that's just our personalities, but it is so important to have a civil conversation because dialogue is key. I mean, you want to listen to the other person. You want to understand where they're coming from, hear their perspective to know why they think the way they do, why it's, why they feel that it's justifiable and to just come to an understanding of what people are feeling, what people are hurting about, what, what's important to people. And I think it is really crucial to get those points across. Um, and I think, you know, Bob and I have been able to do that, obviously, like in our first episode, there you are, Bob, uh, in our first episode, that was like, that was our first, you know, time doing a podcast. So it was a little challenging when you have two very passionate people who want to say they're opinions and that's totally fine. I mean, we're journalists. This is what we do. We listen to people all the time. Um, but we also can't just have episodes where people are spewing just their opinions. I mean, we have to step in and we have to question them when it's necessary. And sometimes that can be difficult in a time where people don't believe in two sides to a story anymore. I mean, there's a lot of people who truly don't believe that every story deserves two sides. And I understand where they're coming from, but we also have a responsibility here to be journalists. And so, you know, he and I, Bob and I, before every episode, we'll just chat about, okay, here's what we're going to talk about. Here's where we can jump in if this happens. Um, and we kind of just, you know, we, we do kind of leave it up to the guest because they're the ones who really have a lot to say. And, you know, Bob and I just kind of jump right in. <laughs> I don't know, Bob, yeah, is there we, anything you want to add? We are, we are very new to this, but Dana, like, um, <laughs> she is, she is such a great co-host that, um, you know, she, she makes me feel comfortable and we feed off of each other. And before we even uh, get a topic um, of what we should talk about, like she said, we, we talk about it amongst ourselves, but we don't just want like, you know, the, I mean, <laughs> we don't want just the tinfoil hat person, you know, on our show 
talking about, yeah, I watch YouTube and, you know, uh, this is why I believe what I believe. We want people who actually really believe it and have like some really um, profound arguments maybe mm-hmm. will make people, if, even if you don't agree with what they say, at least like they have some something to support it. Like the MAGA versus BLM. Um, both were passionate, you know, and both were like, um, they, they, they really had some beliefs that would make um, people who, who listen to the podcast uh, come away like thinking like, oh, okay, I never thought about that. I never mm-hmm. thought about that. I don't, I, don't, I don't agree, but at least I see it this way. So, um, and, and that's what we look for. So that's kind of the easy, the easy way out is just to get two people onto a podcast to argue some crazy theories, you know, and. <laughs> right. Okay. So we're not going to have, you're not going to have the my pillow guy on. Um, <laughs> I, I would love to have that guy. <laughs> I got to say, um, listening to that podcast, again, very passionate. And, and they did get both really defend their points, but they didn't go after each other. You know, it didn't get personal. That's what we don't want. It stated the realm of ideas. And, you know, one thing that happened after the capital invasion is a lot of people on both sides took a step back and said, wow, when you get really angry rhetoric and it starts to slip over into sounding threatening it's a short step to violence and i think it made people think let's stay in the realm of ideas like you know sometimes it's just rhetoric or it's political posturing but if it motivates people to uh uh, anger and violence then we've we've maybe gone too far yeah seriously um i i totally agree with that and we we don't want an argument I, it's always been my my thought ever since I joined M Live. Um, <clears throat> ever since I got into the news business, um, I've always felt like there are two sides to every issue. I don't care what the issue is; it could be the most controversial issue ever. But there should all. It's like the devil's advocate. Okay, we really believe this right here, but have you heard this side too? Like, you don't have to agree with it, but at least hear it. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like the devil's advocate, period. I can argue any case for any side. Um, <laughs> you know? I've been in a newsroom with you. I know that. <laughs> um, I think, you know, naturally as journalists, we look for multiple sides because mm-hmm. everyone has an opinion and you just have to understand why they have that opinion. But I think now there's sort of this level of activism in, in journalism of is what you're thinking actually the truth or is it just something because you're upset Mm -hmm. and so I think you know going forward that's what we kind of have to look for is more of the truth and less of emotions right something that Sam Robinson had brought up in our episode about the capital attack I just look at I look at it like this I I tell um my friends and my family who they they want to pick every fight they want to join every single fight and I'm like you're wasting your time. This is how this is how this person sees the world. You mm-hmm. will not change that. You know, just meet them where they are. You know, understand how understand why they see it that way. You know, um, nobody is right. <laughs> you know, um, some people might be more right than another person, but you know, you just you never know. Like it's well, like if somebody has a worldview that affects the way they act, 
and they believe that in that's the problem. that thought turns into behavior, then just telling them are wrong isn't going to change their that's behavior not. or the way that they interact with people. So you got to meet at the marketplace of ideas. I think that's what the value that I've seen in your podcast so far. And one thing I noticed and I like a lot is after your guest is off, you two talk and you kind of digest and you go through some of the things that you heard. How how is this podcast opening your minds or how is this helping you do your jobs as journalists? All right. You know, John, this is, this is new to both of us. And so it's a learning experience for both of us. And we are both trying to, um, we, we wanted to succeed. We actually, we absolutely want our listeners to learn something. Um, but at the same time, we are learning as well. Um, and this just this podcast gives us a, a, another opportunity to learn more about, you know, the world that's around us. You know, we're journalists, we write, and we get a free education every day because we have to write about stories that we might not even understand. But we need to understand them in order to um, write them and, and, and make it so that our readers understand you know, what, what we are reporting. And so this just gives us another, you know, avenue to get to learn people and understand it and then get a, um, and, and get a, a, an education. So, um, I don't know, it's just, it's, I love it. I just, I don't know, Dana, what, what do you think? I mean, you and I have, we cover different parts of the state. And so I think this sort of yields the opportunity, like you said, to learn about things that might be a little outside of our realm of coverage. I mean, I don't cover politics, but when we spoke to two politicians, like that's my chance to learn about something instantly and have questions that I want answered so that I can better understand what's going on in our state. And so it really is a learning opportunity and it is just another way for us to, you know, talk it out and look back at what we just learned and even things that surprised us. I mean, we, I understand again, as journalists, like we have to keep our opinions to ourselves, but we are, we're human. I mean, we learn things and we get shocked and we get excited or we get upset about certain things that we learn. And so I think it's, it's just a really nice moment for the two of us to learn what we just discussed with our hosts, whether it's an expert, like a politician or an organizer or one of our reporters who have done great jobs on our podcast. Oh my goodness. If you haven't listened to our last episode with Malachi. Oh yeah, I did. Dennis, she is way more organized than me. <laughs> Um, I handle the organization and Bob posts them for me. So <laughs> we can talk about what we are going to discuss on the podcast, and then like mid sentence, someone can be talking, and all of a sudden, boom! I get this idea, I get this question, and I'm like, I want to ask this question right now. I'm going to ask yeah. it. You know, <laughs> like she is way more structural and 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 organized, whereas I'm just like. If it comes to me, wherever it comes to me, whenever it comes to me, I'm just going to interject and I'm, I want to ask a question. I want to say, you know, what, what's on my mind. And I think that's um, that dynamic right there is like uh, it, 
it works. It works for us because yeah, you're definitely more spontaneous than I am. You're a lot better yeah. at that. So <laughs> it evens uh, out. <laughs> I could just, I'll put it this way. I could tell the parts that are scripted in the parts that are, <laughs> are as, um, uh, but that's, it's sort we of, will it, work on, it's, we will work on that. You will not be able to tell. No, 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 no. I, I think it's perfect because it's great to start with a premise, but part of discovering things that you haven't thought of or don't know is bringing on great gas and, and it, you know, pulling back the layers a little bit and finding, asking questions that inspire answers that get you to think. And I think you can't script that. Otherwise you're steering it towards, you're steering it towards a premise that you may have. So I think part of the beauty of this is to learn is I love to get in a conversation with somebody who's got experiences I haven't had and, and talk about those rather than my life, because I know what happened in my life. So uh, that's it. I, I'm not telling you that it's a production flaw, Bob. I think it's a part of the charm of the show. And <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, it's an asset, not a liability. Let me ask you, um, you know, as people of color, how your life experiences, um, you know, uh, what aspects of that do you bring to the show, to the selection of topics and, you know, and also to your work, you know, how, how does this, how has your life experience been part of the enrichment of what you do? I think we come from a place where, you know, the system hasn't always been in our favor growing up. And I think when we do talk about minority issues and we talk to minorities, we understand their pain and their drive and their passion to create change. I mean, just yesterday I interviewed a black woman who runs a program to promote leadership for people of color. Like she runs a fellowship that trains people to learn how to enter those management roles, but also to create this cultural overhaul. Cause it's more than just in the professional world, hiring diverse candidates. It's all about the culture and what, you know, companies or businesses are willing to do to make sure that people feel comfortable and groom them for opportunities. And so I think me growing up as an Arab American, I have seen stories, I've read stories that weren't particularly in my favor as an Arab American. Uh, you know, the labels have been thrown, thrown around like terrorist. I couldn't tell you how many times I've been called a terrorist growing up because of 9-11, because of one lunatic. And so when you are labeled, I think that encourages you to dig deeper and be like, no, well, this isn't actually how the whole community operates. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had Congresswoman Tlaib on, we were talking about contributions that Muslims and Arabs have made That's to American society. And a lot that. of that, from that, there was a lot, there's a lot of economic opportunity that, you know, Muslims have invested in Michigan alone. I actually did a story on it a few years ago. And so when you know, when I'm presented with those opportunities, it makes me want to promote the fact that there's more than just this label that is plastered on our communities. And I think Bob could also speak the same for the black community. Yeah. Um, so as a black man, I grew up in a majority black city. Um, when we talk about diversity, um, <clears throat> it's, it's, you know, some people look at diversity as black and white but it's like so much more socioeconomic um, status. Um, the way you grew up, like um, I can look at 
plenty of my professional friends who I could tell them my life story and they would not believe it. They would just be like, what? Wow, that's crazy. But that's me. That's what makes me. That's what makes a lot of people who I associate with, you know, a lot of people who grew up in my hood, um, a lot of people in my family, this is normal to us. You know, and it might not be normal to, you know, some of my other friends or, you know, some of my other associates. And um, just being able to have that, plus have a professional background, I'm, I'm able to understand, I'm, I'm able to have a, a better balcony view of, you know, what the world looks like. You know, some people are in a box and just the way that they grew up is the how they see the world. You know, um, I was I was fortunate enough to, you know, have both sides of the fence, <laughs> you know, and so I'm able to 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 connect to people a little better and understand people a little better because I, I understand that, you know, the world is not this box that that we that we grew up in. You know, and that's not the world. The world is vast, it's big, and you really got to understand a lot about a lot of different people, you know. Um, and and so that that with me, that's it. Like I'm just I'm just fortunate enough to know that you know I had the chance to you know um, be able to to see it that way. And a lot of people don't. You know, it's, it's things that make you uncomfortable that you might talk about. I, I have three kids married you know and my children have children you know in 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 the professional world like are they married you know <laughs> um, you don't want to talk about that because all of a sudden it feel like um if people are judging but this is this is the world that we live in you know it's not gonna always be what 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 your boxed in world is like this is my world you know um so I don't know, this, this podcast is when 2042 gets here and it, there's going to be like a lot of things that's, that's, if we, if you look over history, there, there's a lot of things that was not acceptable or accepted, you know, a hundred years ago, 50 years ago, that now is normal. And that's just going to continue to grow as 2042 gets here. And we'll look back and be like, oh, I cannot believe we look down on this type of thing. And now all of a sudden it's like super normal now. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope it's super normal. I, ho I hope there's this sort of, uh, we come together and there's a plurality and we, we live in harmony. And that's not the, that's usually not the history of mankind. Um, there's a lot of tribalism and things like that. But I love what you're exploring on the podcast. And one of the things that struck me, one of your guests, uh, quoted Malcolm X and said, it's oh, not yeah. progress. You stick a knife and foot in my back, pull it out six inches. That's not progress. You know, yeah. and so, <laughs> so a great episode. the world, the world, whether it's resources or food or air, but the world is a closed system. It's a biosphere. And if, to take, to give to something, you have to take from something. And so what we're seeing in American society and it, I don't think that, you know, you, that pulling up people through justice and equity is taking away money or land or something, um, you know, specific from, from say white people or anything like that. But it's, people see it as a threat. And when people feel threatened, they act out. And we've seen that recently in American history. Um, 
you know, I, I did a 23 and me to see where my, my family heritage comes from. And, you know, it's, it, we weren't Kings and Queens and, you know, Lords of Britain or anything. We were Hungarians and Russians and Polish. And um, one side is, is almost completely from Ireland and they came over during the potato famine. And these were not people who were welcomed into the gated communities. They, they went to work in coal mines or, or whatever, but they were white. And after a generation or two, the assimilation becomes complete and you reported opportunities. You can get a home loan. You can, right, your kids can blend in. And I think that's the part that's missing. And in your first podcast, you know, when your guest from the Black Lives Matter movement was saying, I, I couldn't get this job at the university. I was told I would never be that person. I, you know, she, she was trying to make the other guest, um, the white fellow, understand through her eyes, like empathize. Imagine if you were told no because of your, your heritage, your ethnicity, your skin color or anything. And that's the part where people I think struggle is the empathy is really lacking in America. And people are seeing it more through their insecurities and fears of what they're lo- what they perceive they're losing if somebody else gains, you know? And so the kind of discussions that you're hosting and engendering on your show are I think really valuable because Time flies. 2042 is not that far away. It's not. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we all will be alive when 2042 is here. Well, look at my gray hair. I might not be, but you guys are, you guys got a long future ahead of you. You're the ones who are going to save yeah. everything. So tell me how you, uh, you know, what's coming up on the show and, and how you kind of pick the scope of topics because you're really you're, the world's your playground. This, this issue. There's, there's you know, no science. <laughs> There is no science to it. <laughs> we just talk like, um, so coming up, we, we've we been uh, talking about, you know, vaccinations for the COVID-19 and we've, we, we should have done this episode already, but now I think that's our next episode and how, you know, especially the black community does not trust this, you know, um, because, you know, the Tuskegee experiment, mm-hmm. civil- Flint water crisis and things like that. And then um, just uh, yesterday we were talking, um, I was talking with John Counts who who helps oversee our podcast and help us develop ideas. And um, last week I've been telling people to watch this movie on on, uh, Amazon Prime called uh, One Night in Miami. Um, which portrays a fictional account of Sam Cooke, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, and Jim Brown having like this conversation about the movement, you know, uh, and and how they contributed different to the movement, but they were conflicted because, you know, for instance, Malcolm X and Sam Cooke, Malcolm X was telling Sam Cooke, again, this is fictional, but it was, it was kind of based in reality, how Malcolm X, who was this extremist, who was very vocal, who, you know, got out there and, and he, let, he let his thoughts be known. And he argued with Sam, they had this debate with Sam Cooke, who at the time, Sam Cooke was a singer, but he had like one of the strongest voices as far as black Americans um, were at, at that time, like he had the large audience, but Malcolm X felt like he was not doing anything for the cause, anything for the struggle, anything for the movement. And Sam Cooke, like his counter argument was like, 
you just spew out all this violent rhetoric. Like, what are you doing? I'm actually developing careers and helping people um, um, create businesses and, and getting black people ahead in the music industry and, and things like that. What are you doing? And Malcolm X is like, well, you, you're not doing nothing really. Like I'm getting people energized. So anyway, make a long story short, John said, John watched it the other day, John Counts watched it. And he gave this idea, like maybe our next podcast could be like, um, you know, what's the difference between it NAACP versus Black Lives Matter? Because that's kind of like what that argument is. Like you got a established organization like the NAACP who has been at it for years and strategically, you know, systematically, they have been trying to do things, you know, to make the lives better for, you know, black people. Whereas Black Lives Matter just come in, they like the Malcolm X. They like, nope, we're going at it. Um, we don't care. Forget what all this st strategic stuff you guys doing. <laughs> like, we just gonna like punch it in the gut right now. We want, we want change, we want it now. So that might be like a, a great one. And that's, that's just how we come up with it. We, we just talk, like there's no science behind it. We just kind of talk and whatever's going on at the moment or whatever one of us kind of feel passionate about at the moment, we say, yeah, that's a good topic. Let's, let's look for people, let's yeah. figure out what we can do. It does kind of depend too what's going on because we didn't initially plan on an episode on the Capitol attack, but we kind of had to shift our schedule around to address it because it was such a big nationwide topic that also affected us locally. So um, there, I mean, that's just one moment. We are a new podcast, but there might be moments like that where we just have to shift things around to address what's going on. Um, even like our Muslim ban episode, that was sort of timely with, uh, you know, Biden's promise to reverse it on his first day of office. Same with the black vote, uh, the significance of the black vote uh, in the election. That was something that we just felt was super relevant. And it's, it's, it's pretty historic. I mean, 10 years down the line, people are going to remember this moment. So it is kind of about, like Bob said, what's going on, but also ideas that just come to us and ideas from our listeners and our readers and audiences. I've had people reach out to me number of times on topics that they want us to explore that I haven't even thought about. So there's a lot that's going on that, I mean, we don't, or I don't even know that is encouraging me to think, okay, like this is another way to tap into another community. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to apologize for making you do an extra podcast this week, uh, Dan and Bob, <laughs> but I'm really happy that you're doing your 2042 for M live, uh, highly, timely substantive content and like i said you can take this in any direction because these the threads of this touch all aspects of uh, society economy politics um and it's super relevant because we saw the changes each election cycle we see the changes that the demographic um you know diaspora in, in america is affecting states and national elections in ways that they haven't in the past so Keeping this at the forefront and keeping it civil, I think that's a, that's a great part to service the journalism and I salute you for the work that you're doing. Thank you, John. Thank, and you. thank you for giving us thank this you. opportunity. Yeah, thank seriously. Thank you for, for inviting us to be guests on, on your podcast. Which, 
would help our podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who do I send the bill to? Anyways, thanks for joining. And until uh, next week, uh, Behind the Headlines, of John Heiner signing off from live. And there they go. A huge thanks to Dana Afana and Bob Johnson, the hosts of the MLive Podcast 2042. As always, if you like what we're doing, rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening to it. And if you like it just a little bit more, share it with somebody and have them check it out. Till next week, I am Eric Hulkerin. That is John Heiner. And this is Behind the Headlines.